About That Action on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for the info you need to make yourself a smarter, better NBA, college basketball, and the NHL. They've got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for avid sports bettors providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page so you don't miss a single pick. It's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is your home for no vig betting. That's right, no vig betting. That's legal in 40 states. Sign up today at betteredge.com. Promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B E T T O R edge.com. Promo code SGP. Welcome everyone to Bout That Action on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Today is Sunday. Back to our traditional Sunday recording. I'm your host, Kyle Waddy-Watnell, joined by my co-host and partner in picks, Mark Megatron Glass. Today is Sunday, February 28th. Mark, how are you? Doing quite well. The last day of February. That's right. It's officially one year since... uh, People started caring about coronavirus. That's true. That's true. <laughs> incredible. That's true. Um, yeah, the pr- pretty uh, pretty mellow week. Um, we're back for a show that we've been looking forward to for a long time. We're going to be talking UFC 259 today with three title fights on the line, breaking those all down, uh, giving away our best picks. Um, let's go ahead and uh, speaking of UFC and MMA, Mark, um, you sh- you shot me a text over the weekend. You said, oh boy, have I got a story for the podcast. Have I got news for the podcast uh, about my weekend? Uh, what happened? Yeah, so uh, I was, I'm was. i glad you brought that up. This is, this is kind of a throwback uh, to episode, what, one of our show? Yeah, uh, I want to say throwback episode, to episode one. one. Yeah. Uh, we discussed the time that I got into a friendly uh, <laughs> brawl, Kerfluffle. a sparring match. <laughs> With the one and only Marvin Vittori, the Italian dream. That's I think right. he's the number five ranked middleweight right yeah, now. Yeah, man. He's on an absolute rocket ship to the top of that division. That was um, a few years ago. Right. Before like, he was he was a pro fighter, but not what he is right now. But uh, so I, I knew him through a mutual friend. So mm-hmm. that uh, that mutual friend had a little get together up in Los Angeles mm-hmm. uh, for the new house that he moved into. So I went on a Saturday, a lovely Saturday afternoon, 72 degrees and sunny. <laughs> And I walk in, and the first face I see is the one and only Marvin Vittori. <laughs> we had a Marvin Vittori versus Mark Glass 2. <laughs> the rematch. <laughs> yeah, there was no fighting to be had this time. We just we looked at each other like two dudes that respected each other's fighting oh, game. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> competitor to competitor. It was, it was just funny. So, uh, <laughs> no, we, we didn't, it didn't even get brought up. Like, I honestly don't even think you recognized me from that. I've got, like, a pretty plain <laughs> face anyways, I guess, but... Uh, but it was funny. So like we were we were talking about some like 
some mutual friends and stuff that we have, which was which was hilarious. But uh, and then they had uh, Cyril Gaon was fighting Jorginho Rosenstrike. Right. So he was uh, he was like off to the side, like watching the fight on his phone. Wow. And uh, just drinking water. The dude's all business. Wow, dude, respect. that's that's actually that's some great inside knowledge. The next Marvin Vittori fight, <laughs> we are a betting podcast. Dude, the guy goes up to uh, to a little house party get together of a friend of his, and he's drinking water and watching UFC fights on his phone. Is that what he's doing at this get together? Yeah, that's, that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm telling you right wow. now. And, but here's the best part. Here's the detail that's going to change the scene in your mind. Okay. This little get together, seventies disco theme. So he's <laughs> okay. he's wearing. Uh, I roll up in my leopard print uh, shirt that I got for fifteen dollars at Forever Twenty One. <laughs> he's he's there with uh, you know those like silver disco ball like button downs, like, that, like the super, super loud, wearing. shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's wearing one of those. He pulls up one of those. Yeah, oh. and uh, so he's just like, and he's just kind of like chilling. But yeah, he he, he was a nice guy. It, it, it was funny. really funny. Yeah, stay tuned for uh, yeah. Maybe you'll see Marvin Tori a third time. Maybe one day we'll go watch him fight. Uh, that would be sweet as well. Obviously, we're big fans of his on the podcast. So that that was a cool little tidbit from your weekend. We wanted to uh, to share with the listeners, especially the ones who uh, remember remember the story of your altercation with him uh, from episode yeah, one. He's actually a lot bigger than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's had like he's got like good height, obviously, but mm-hmm. he's he the, his division he he fights at, like one eighty five. I'm pretty sure he walks around at like 210. Yeah, I mean he's pretty uh, he's pretty he's shredded looking, in fight week. He was week. looking pretty big. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, definitely uh, a name that's uh, headed to the top. So uh, look forward to continuing to see him do well. Uh, on our last week's show, um, we obviously we have our quick picks EPL show, which is going great so far. Um, that we're doing midweek um, shows under a half hour. We're making quick EPL picks, but. On our last uh, kind of normal format show, uh, we covered NHL, um, which is something we are by no means experts in. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that in Financial Investing 101. Because all we care about is getting fucking rich. Do it live. I can write it and we'll do it live. Financial Investing 101. Fucking thing sucks. So before we get into the numbers, Mark, um, I, I texted you this during the week. Uh, we released the episode last week on like Wednesday, I think it was, um, and then I get a I get a notification on my Twitter at Bet on Kyle on Twitter, and I pull it up and uh, <laughs> it's one of the guys who listened listened to the show last week, uh, and I'll go ahead and quote his tweet here: uh, "Holy uh, f word, I think I'd get more out of a conversation with my non hockey watching grandmother than I did from listening to this podcast." Your reaction to that tweet? Uh, my reaction. Uh, Fair. I can't. I can't disagree with him. <laughs> I can't disagree with him. But I think we made it pretty clear that uh, that, that we, we were didn't not know what we were going about. into the show. <laughs> Shout out Brian uh, on Twitter, man. Um, loved that. Loved that tweet. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, thanks any funny. For free, any funny. Thanks yeah. for the free money, though. Thanks in, for the money. Any funny tweets we'll uh, we'll throw out on the on the on the show. We'll talk about them. Um, that was a great one. Uh, did you, uh, did you prove, uh, Brian, our buddy Brian wrong? Did you make any money on hockey last week? How'd you do? Uh, I did make money off of the Panthers winning, but then I lost 300 more. <laughs> so I, I ended, uh, I, I ended in a net negative. <laughs> Shoot. 
<laughs> the fucking Flames played right. the Senators and lost 7-1. Yeah, yeah they got crushed. Um, by the worst crushed. team in the league. And then the next day they played them again and they beat them. So, yeah. like, I don't even, I don't understand how this. No, nah, yeah, we, we have no idea. Part. We can't even nah, start to uh, tell you Yeah, what the we're Panthers wrong. won, but the Bruins, Flames, and Hurricanes all lost. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, I lost. This is my first down week in a while. Yeah, yeah, you've been, uh, you've so been hot. Went down $220. Which took my annual total to forty four dollars. So we're like getting off to a slow start this year. Yeah, it's a slow burn. Place. Slow burn. For Career sure. total still at twenty six hundred. But I feel good about what we're picking today. So yeah, you know, me too. I'm, I'm thinking maybe we get back over the three thousand mark. I mean, it, it's this yeah. is a long game. It is a long game. That's this right. is a buy and hold. Stock up. Stock market's down. Betting picks <laughs> are down. But That's right. Just stick with the program and we'll get back. Trust. Up trust time. the process. Um, How'd you do? I. I uh, I actually made some profit from my from my hockey picks, um, you know, just taking kind of blind shots. Not necessarily blind shots. We tried to talk it, break uh, break they down were the matchups. Pretty blind <laughs> they were pretty blind shots. Um, you had the they Bruins. They're drunk goggle shots. You had yeah, that's right. You had the Bruins. I had the Capitals. Capitals won that one five two, getting me off to a good start. And then I also picked the Islanders, uh, or no, the yeah yeah yeah, the Islanders played the Bruins. Got that wrong. Capitals played the Penguins. One, um, and then the Islanders upset the Bruins. Um, so I won that one as well. Lost the Flames one, um, just like you did as well. And then the Golden Knights game against the Sharks, um, which was my lock, actually got postponed uh, for COVID protocols. Um, so I went two and one, uh, but definitely helpful that I had that one that was a plus money pick. So um, I made $96, $0.96, nothing crazy, uh, but a good just chipping away, chipping away. Hey, for uh, no one less than than that dude's that's right. grandmother, that's not bad. Not a bad pick. How much you, did your How much did your grandma make on <laughs> NHL last week? Yeah, that. yeah, that's right. Um, I came out to, let's see, annual total one sixty seven, career total two thirteen. I know at the end of last year I was kind of headed down the downhill, so um, a positive start to this year is something I will take. Uh, and let's keep things positive as we head into UFC two fifty nine. We're gonna break down all the fights on the main card. Uh, three title fights, as I mentioned. Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and dive dive into it. First matchup, light heavyweight fight. Uh, Tiago Santos, former title challenger, a plus one thirty five underdog. He takes on Alexander Rakic, a minus one sixty five favorite. Mark, your first pick for UFC two fifty nine. I really wanted to take Tiago Santos for this pick. I agree. But- I really I wanted couldn't. to as well, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah. I had to defer to what uh what I've been reading about most of the experts and how they think this is gonna go because uh I'm not a heavyweight fighter by any means. Um, but basically, I mean, we've got Tiago Santos, like you said, he was a former title contender. He's been like he he just lost right, or maybe he lost his last two. So yeah, he on... did. He just lost to uh, Glover Teixeira, um, who's actually been doing really well he's close to a title shot himself but yes he did he did lose his yeah. last fight so you've got one guy on a downswing and then alexander Rakic, right. who's got all the hype so i think these are crossing at a perfect time i think this is going to be a great match um but kind of the the uh analysis that i saw was the expectation is that alexander Rakic, his leg kick skill mm. is going to be the big difference here and we've been seeing that trending a lot in fighting in general right. is you know, fighters realizing that they can really go after another fighter's base, and that opens up a world of possibilities for them. So, right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to the experts on this one. It's a very close line. The plus money is really tempting for a guy like Santos, but right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with the safer pick and go Alexander Rakic at minus one sixty five. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Um, there was actually a, another good example of the, of the leg kicking um, this past weekend on the UFC card. Um, a guy named Jimmy Rivera got his leg, you know, kicked kicked into a stump, um, and by the end of the fight, he was on one leg. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something to consider for this matchup. Rakic is a great kicker. Rakic is just a great fighter all around, and like you mentioned, it seems to be kind of a crossroads fight where. Um, Tiago Santos has had a lot of knee problems. He's had some major knee surgeries. He's come back from some crazy injuries. Um, and he used to be like one of those guys, you know, he used to be one of those guys in the title picture, gave John Jones a great fight, gave, um, Lionheart Smith a great fight. He's, he's had some great fights in the past, but it feels like, uh, the new era of the light heavyweight division, uh, is on its way up and he is on his way down. And that, that this is exactly what you mentioned, the crossroads fight where you got to take the guy that's hot and it's tempting. It it's almost feels like a trap to, uh, to take Tiago Santos. Maybe he pulls off the upset here and gets a win, but it feels like a trap because the average um, MMA fan might recognize the name Tiago Santos and might not recognize the name uh, Rakic. And so there's going to be some money coming in on Santos um, as a dog at plus money. But uh, we're not going to fall for it, Mark. We've been doing this show too long. We've been betting on sports too long. We're going to take Rakic. We're going to take the favorite uh, to start off the main card with a juicy win. Agreed? Sounds good to me. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, next fight on the main card, we've got Islam Makachev. Um, Islam Makachev is a minus 135 favorite. He takes on uh, Drew Dober. This is a lightweight fight. Um Islam Makachev, did you did you read up a bit about him and learn a bit about him over the past few weeks? Um, he's an absolute oh, yeah, he's, killer. He's one of Khabib's boys. Yeah, he's a killer. Um, he's uh, I've been reading that now that Khabib has apparently retired, but we'll say he stepped aside for a bit. He's taking a break. That uh, Makachev is kind of the guy uh, uh, getting all the attention in that in that camp. He's the next guy that they're uh, they're bringing up. Mm, he's gonna he's him gonna as. fill the big shoes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not fair to say that he's going to be the next Khabib because there probably will never be one. But he's the uh, he's apparently the next the next Dagestani right uh, big name coming out of that group. Right, uh, Makachev has a great record, eighteen and one, only lost one fight, and that was back in two thousand and fifteen. Um, he lost, he got punched back in twenty fifteen, but overall tends to fight very safely, wins a lot of fights by decision. Um, can mix in the wrestling, can mix in the takedown when he needs to, also really good on the feet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely – he's a favorite for a reason. Um, that being said, Drew Dober's uh, Drew Dober's pretty sweet as well. He had a really good fight with Alexander Hernan- or Alex Hernandez um, that he won, I don't know, maybe last year it might have been. Um, and he's, like, one of those guys that is definitely, like, young and on the come up, um, but he definitely has more losses on his record. He's 23-9. and nine, um and he actually lost his last loss was uh Benil Dariush who's a guy we've talked about before um but yeah Drew Dober he's he's pulled up he's pulled off some great wins he's beaten uh Nazrat Hakparast Alexander Hernandez like I mentioned um definitely like a guy who could be the future of this division but I don't think I don't think quite I don't think quite yet I don't think he's quite the caliber of Makachev like you mentioned Makachev's getting the attention um He's getting the draw. He's supposed to be the next big thing. I think he uh, he shows up in this big spot and he uh, wins in style. Uh, maybe by decision, uh, maybe by knockout, but we're just going to take him to get the job done. 
Yeah, Drew Dober sounds like that kid that went to your high school and like got into drugs way too early, dropped out. <laughs> now he's like running some insurance scam out of like San Bernardino. Drew Dober looks like um, he looks like Buzz Lightyear. I don't know if you saw any photos of him, but he's got like the strongest <laughs> jawline ever, dude. It's crazy. He literally looks like he's like cut out of plastic, like his face. Um, anyway. Oh yeah, he does. He does. He looks like an action figure. <laughs> if he wore like a like a purple bald cap, or like a ski. Yeah, a hundred percent. He he'd be a great. He'd pull off a great uh, Buzz Lightyear cosplay. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's move to uh, the first of three title fights going down on this card. This is one I'm really excited to talk about. Um, the bantamweight title is up for grabs when Piotr Jan uh, defends his belt against Aljamain Sterling. Uh, let me get you the lines on these ones. We've got Piotr Jan. It's pretty much at a pick I've seen some places where Piotr Jan is a slight favorite, like around the 130 range. Um, right now we see, or we have our two lines at minus 115, a pick Um, who do you like in this one and why? Honestly, this is like one of the hardest picks I've ever had to make. Wow. This is, one of, this is no, not even picks. This is one of the hardest choices I've ever made in my life. <laughs> 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 Like you easy, losing sleep I had on this easier one? time deciding where I was going to go to college. <laughs> um, but no, but but in all seriousness, I mean, this match, like, part of me wants to think, like, I, I love, I love Aljo, Aljo Sterling, Aljamain Sterling, yeah, the full yep. name. They just call him Thank, Aljo. Thanks, but, uh, thanks, Mark. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves this guy as a dude. He's like a New Yorker, like, with the Jamaican roots. Yeah. And he has such a unique fighting style, like, the way he goes from like his kicks straight into takedowns, he's really like mm-hmm. he's doing it like no one else in the division is, and he's definitely rightfully getting this title shot. But the other side of me is like Piotr Jan, however you pronounce his name. <laughs> it's like Piotr. P- yeah, it's Peter without an, without the second e, so it's kind of a hard one to pronounce. Piotr Jan. Yeah. I think yeah, Piotr Jan. Yeah. Uh, he's just a he's just a Russian killer, dude. Like yeah. I, I was like. You just watch this guy, and he just goes to work. He's all business, like a hundred percent. I don't think this guy has any fun in his life right. except for when he wins <laughs> fights. And even then, it doesn't even look like he's enjoying it that much. <laughs> so it's like to me, like without even getting technical or anything, it's like I feel like Sterling's coming in with all this hype. And if if there's one guy where you want to be like, yeah, this guy doesn't care. He's just gonna take care of his business. He's not gonna fall for all the f- tricky flair type uh, like wrestling mixture of like jujitsu and, and wrestling that sterling has to offer because he's a great all-around fighter in his own right mm-hmm. i feel like it's Piotr Jan, and I, I i don't know i just feel like he's going to be able to combat what comes at him so I, i'm taking him i okay. i really have no idea though what's going to happen yeah this is this is one of those fights it's like could go so many different ways um aljamain sterling has been on a tear recently um he bounced back really well after he took a big knockout from uh, Marlon Marais. He got head kicked. Um, it's actually a pretty brutal knockout, but he bounced re- he bounced back really well from that. Um, got a huge win over Corey Sandhagen. But to be honest, Mark, like I think this this might be a, a hot take, but I think if if Corey Sandhagen and Aljamain Sterling fought ten times, I think Corey Sandhagen would win six or seven of those of those fights. I actually. I, even though Sanhagen lost to Sterling, I think that um, I think he's the better all-around fighter. I think Sterling's a little more one-dimensional, just slightly. I think Sanhagen's more of a threat on the feet, um, and that's why he's kind of waiting his turn now since he lost that fight to Aljo. He'll be he'll be in the picture soon. Um, but just because of that, I think a lot of people are gonna 
get behind Sterling because he got that big win. But and I, I give him his props for it. He, he got a rear naked choke and got the finish. But like you said, man, Piotr Jan is just uh, an absolute killer. Like one of those guys in the fight game that you really, really want to get behind. Um, and he'll quietly, uh, he'll quietly win. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no show. Um, there's no social media stuff. There's no this, there's no that. He's just straight, straight Russian killer. Um, and I actually remember watching him fight, um, Uriah Faber and he like beat the hell out of Uriah Faber. And it was like, it was a brutal fight and he finished him with a head kick. And then he also had like a brutal fight where he beat down Jose Aldo. Um, and, and I mean, really beat him down with ground and pound, uh, to win in round five. So just an all around, uh, great striker, great boxer, um, and has good enough takedown defense, in my opinion, and is, is, is savvy enough on the ground to, I think, survive against Aljo and deal with him. The biggest threat is that Piotr Jan gets submitted, but I just, I just don't, I don't think that happens. Um, Piotr Jan. Yeah, I, I think he's so, he's so experienced to, to keep his distance there where yeah. the way I kind of see it going is I could see like Piotr Jan just, just edging out the first couple rounds and then that causing Sterling to go way more on the offensive. Yeah. And then that leaves him open to mistakes, you know? True. And just getting over eager. And I feel like that's got to be like Piotr Jan, he doesn't have anything to prove. He doesn't have to entertain anybody. He just has to retain his belt and get a win, even if it's not the most exciting fight in the world. So, like, I honestly don't even see this being like a crazy entertaining fight, considering that there's a belt on the line. Mm hmm. But I, I, I could totally see, like, maybe getting getting into, like, it could go to, like, round four, probably. And then maybe Sterling just opens it up a little bit too much and, and, and Jan's able to take over. Right. Yeah. Or, or on the other hand, Sterling, you know, sticks to whatever, I mean, whatever game plan they have. Obviously, no one knows except him. And, you know, maybe he stays a little bit more patient and Piotr Jan just kind of picks him apart over time. Like, I think I think I, that's what happens, honestly. I just think I, either I think scenario, I see P, I see Piotr Jan coming out with the right, win. Right, right. Un, unless, who, I, who knows, when you're, these styles of fighters, like these are two guys that can do everything. Right. They can switch on a dime. Right, it's true. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to side with you here. Uh, I'm going to take Piotr Jan to uh, to retain his belt and uh, get the job done here. Um just a really fun, two really fun guys to watch. So um, this will be, is obviously a huge fight. Um, seeing a bantamweight title uh, in this spot is cool. Also, uh, former former uh, champ in the bantamweight division, um, Dominic Cruz, actually picked Piotr Jan to win this fight. So, um, and I, uh, he's he's also like a UFC analyst. Like he does a lot of commentating for them and stuff. And he kind of gave a similar breakdown uh, as to how how Piotr Jan retains the belt here. So uh, let's go ahead and take him at the pick him slash slight favorite price. Piotr Jan will retain his title this weekend. That's our pick. Let's go ahead and do a quick word from our sponsors. Then we will return with the two biggest fights on the card, the co-main event and the main event. Amanda Nunes, uh, the GOAT in women's MMA, defends her title in the, in the featherweight division against Megan Anderson. And of course... The uh, light heavyweight title is on the line in the main event as Jan Blahovich defends his belt against the uh, former middleweight champion moving his way up, Israel Adesanya. But first, a word from our sponsors. We're brought to you by BetQL. 
Want to get an advantage over the sports book when it comes to betting? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets. BetQL has sharp data for college basketball, NBA, and the NHL. So if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, like Mark and I, you need to check out BetQL. Plus, they have tons of sportsbook offers for your state. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store to download BetQL. Bet smarter, not harder. Head to BetQL.com and enter the code SGP30 for 30% your fir- 30% off your first subscription. That's promo code SGP30 at BetQL.com. We're also brought to you by BetterThan.Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what hashtag DGENs only care about most, and that's North Korean nuclear proliferation. Uh, Just kidding. It's sports betting, of course. The best part is you'll be able to get free video picks from the SGPN crew, so make sure to subscribe to the SGPN page at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV so you don't miss any of our videos. If you're subscribed, you'll get a notification every time a new SGPN video is posted, so go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV to subscribe to our Better Than Dot Vegas page today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And last but not least, we're brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. Since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there is no house. That's right, no VIG betting that's legal in more than 40 states. It's sports betting without a VIG. You literally cannot beat it. Sign up today at betteredge.com and use the promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com promo code S-G-P. And just like that, we're back. Time to talk about the women's featherweight title fight. Amanda Nunes, the lioness, defends her belt against Megan Anderson. Uh, I'm not making these numbers up. These are these are real lines that I'm about to give you uh, for this fight. Um, Amanda Nunez is a minus 1,120 favorite. Megan Anderson coming back as a plus 760 underdog. Mark, your reaction to that? I mean, come on. The title is I mean, come on. (laughs) Here's something interesting, actually. If you go on the UFC website and you look at the rankings, Mm Mm-hmm. You'll see lists by every division, male and female, except one. Oh. And that's the women's featherweight division. Really? There is no there are no rankings. It just says champion Amanda Nunes. Really? There's no rankings listed on the website? Yeah. No. And I Googled why is that? And yeah. UFC actually put out a uh, statement that they just straight up didn't know. Like they were like, <laughs> Yeah, because it's so new. Which was the politically correct way of saying, like, the contenders in this division are so shit, we just, like, don't even rank them. So I'm like, come on, you know? The, I mean, on like, Megan Anderson, like, she looks scary. And she's huge. She's a, she's six feet tall. Like, yeah, she's very tall. Like, she's a true 145. But, I mean, come on, this is Amanda Nunes we're talking about. This is the yeah. best UFC woman's fighter ever. This this chick is crazy. Yeah. She's the only fighter, male or female, to re- retain two belts at right. the same time. It's amazing. It's amazing. Which is crazy. I mean, granted, the featherweight division is apparently, according to the UFC <laughs> website, no she's, she's the only one in it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, all the, all the respect to her, I mean, I mean, she's had an amazing career and she's just an absolute savage. She's like, honestly, one of 
not to sound sexist or anything, but she's probably the only uh, woman's UFC fighter that I actually enjoy watching ever since Ronda Rousey declined significantly. Just because in the women's fights, like, they tend, they have way less knockouts. You know, it's a lot more ground game and a lot more fights are statistically called by decision. Yeah, it's different. Uh, except Amanda Nunes. Like, this yeah, chick yeah. kills people. Yeah, and she's, it's, it's, it's she's incredible. A star. She's an absolute star in the sport and a star when it comes to pay-per-views. Um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's incredible to watch just like so ferocious, um, so skilled, so fast, um, heavy, heavy hands. Um, (laughs) I think part of the reason, I mean, it's just, it it is tough. You're right. There aren't like 15 good names that probably you can put as, I mean, you probably could, but it's just, it's tough to, to find 15 names that are going to be recognizable to the fans. I mean, if you look at, if we look at Megan Anderson, right? Um, she's at a great run. She's from Australia, uh, very skilled, very skilled fighter. She has a basically started with a really good ground game, got a lot of great submissions, and then actually had like a big, a big knockout, um, over Norma Dumont. Uh, that was in, that was in, that was last year. That was, uh, about a year ago. So February last year, um, she won with like a huge right hand. Uh, and then we realized, okay, she's actually like, she's, she can do both. Um, she's got great, great chokes on the ground, great triangle chokes, um, and can also knock people out with the hands. But, but Mark, if we look back at Megan Anderson's, uh, last two losses. Okay. Uh, last loss was to Felicia Spencer, who Amanda Nunes just, I mean, dominated in her last fight. And then her, her loss before that was to Holly Holm, a name that we've talked about before on the show. Um, and Amanda Nunes also starched, uh, Holly Holm. So we're looking at Megan Anderson's last two opponents that she's lost to, um, have gotten starched by Amanda Nunes. What do you think? What do you think happens in this fight? I think the transitive property of geometry and basic mathematics tells us that, uh, Amanda Nunes is going to, to quote you in a new term that I was not familiar with starched. (laughs) I think Amanda Nunes is going to starch Megan Anderson. She is going to turn her into a potato like substance <laughs> mashed potatoes <laughs> yeah that's what i think of when you say she's got starched. yeah starched um uh, no i mean come on see here's my question right is like is it even worth it to, to, right, to right. take like let's say we're betting let's say you got a hundred bucks to bet on this fight maybe you put like you put no, like no, i don't know it's not worth it 80 on amanda nunez right that's gonna get you like almost nothing and then you put it. like but then you put like twenty on Megan Anderson. Oh, like, like, <laughs> just in okay, case. Like, if you lose the twenty bucks, like whatever. But if that catches nah, out you, at plus seven sixty, like, yeah, who knows? But, but you'll lose. You'll lose the. You'll lose the twenty bucks. You'll. You won't make profit doing that. You literally will, because even if if you put eighty dollars down, you're gonna win next to nothing. So it's like you might as well not even. You might as well not put anything down. I. I don't know. It's. It's a tough one. You're right. Like when we look at these lines, we're just gonna try to think of ways to convince ourselves to put money on a you know, plus 760 dog. Um, honestly, the last dog in that range in women's MMA was, uh, Holly Holm. And, and you actually just mentioned, um, Ronda Rousey as well. That upset that you, I'm sure you remember the famous upset when, uh, Holly Holm head kicked Ronda Rousey. Uh, that was like in the plus 800 underdog range, uh, when she won that fight. So makes me think back to that. I I don't, I don't see the same thing happening. You got to think if you're Megan Anderson, uh, the goal is to get it to the ground and try to win with a submission. Um, 
right? Yeah, I mean, she's got a significant size advantage. She's like four or five inches taller. That is the one thing. I, yeah, better. that is the so one like, thing I'll say. Um, she when Amanda Nunes fought Felicia Spencer, who also has a little bit of a, a size advantage. Um, she she did struggle a little bit and got taken down at the beginning of the fight. So I don't know. You're right. There is going to be a size advantage for Megan Anderson. Uh, is it is it enough of an advantage to put any money down? I, I, mean, I dare you to do it, Mark. I dare you. <laughs> taking Megan Anderson as my dog. <laughs> I don't even have a dog this week yet. So maybe like, you maybe should. It's a micro bet on, uh, on yeah. Megan Anderson. Yeah, like a, like a tenth of a unit. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be incredible. But no, I mean, I'm, I yeah, I mean this the the lines here reflect the great both the greatness of Amanda Nunes and also just the no, literally non-existent featherweight division yeah, for on enough. the inside. So. I mean, you don't like to see such a lopsided title fight, but no. you got to respect the, the reasons that it's that way is because Amanda Nunes is, is that just good. unstoppable. Agreed. Um, definitely the the goat in women's MMA. Don't stand in her way. Don't. Uh, I don't see any reason to bet against her. Um, so if you're gonna bet it, if you're gonna make a bet on this fight, maybe go for a prop. Maybe try to hit a uh, Amanda Nunes stoppage in one of the rounds. Other than that, um, I don't really think this is anything you can touch. Um, let's go ahead and move on. To the main event we've got Jan Blahovich. this is for the uh this is for the uh light heavyweight belt in the 205 pound division uh Jan Blahovich, the current belt holder is a plus 195 underdog Israel the last style bender Adesanya the middleweight champion making his way up a division is a minus 250 favorite man this is going to be an interesting fight uh, your initial thoughts on the matchup and your pick. So I actually, before we get into our specific picks, I want to okay. I want to get your opinion on the criticisms that Adesanya has faced in the lead up to this fight, because a lot of people wanted him to fight John Jones, who right. you know the he was before Khabib took it over before you know when he went rogue, yeah he was the best pound for pound fighter in the world and he was the champion in the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Correct. And Adesanya said he didn't want to go up and fight him. Right. But then John Jones vacated the belt. Jan Blakovich took it over. Now he's going up and fighting him. Right. So a lot of people are saying Israel Adesanya, like, he totally just avoided John Jones. Right. What do we think about that? I think you have to blame both of them a little bit, Mark, because if you look back, they both did the exact same thing to each other, just at different times. When Adesanya was a young guy with not as much UFC experience and people started talking about him going up to fight John Jones. He didn't do that. Right. What's he, what has he done since then? He's been an absolute killer. He's dominated people in the middleweight division. He's looked like the guy that can beat John Jones. Then they ask him to do it again. And then you know what John Jones does? He does the exact same thing. He goes, Oh, I'm going to move up to heavyweight now because I think in John Jones's mind, he knows, Oh my gosh, this kid's killer now. I don't want to fight him now, but hey, 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 look back, look back when I offered him a fight and he didn't make the move. So I think they literally did the exact same thing to each other, just at different points in their careers. Uh, so you're saying so they're, they're both, both to blame. Pussies. I'm saying they're you're both saying- to blame a little bit, but I I understand it. They they like back then Jones thought he could beat Adesanya, and now I think Adesanya thinks he can beat Jones, and I think it was literally vice versa back then. So it's like, yeah, it's tough. Uh, Adesanya will get some some criticism for it, but at the same time, like this this uh, this move up makes sense for Adesanya because he's literally cleared out uh, the middleweight division. Um, we broke down the Paulo Costa fight uh, really well, by the way, where he picked him apart completely. That was kind of the last big contender in the middleweight division. I think the only thing really left that you can do in there would be um, 
Robert Whitaker, like a rematch with Robert Whitaker, because he's he hasn't lost a fight since he lost the belt to to Israel. So Marvin Vittori rematch. There you I'm go. Telling you. Yeah, Marvin Vittori, uh, Adesanya too. He took up the distance. A lot yeah, of people thought Marvin should have won that fight. No, 100%. That that fight couldn't have aged any better for Marvin Vittori. Since that fight, since that loss, I mean, yeah, Adesanya's looked looked like the best in the world and has been the best in the world. Um, so, but this this move up, uh, it kind of makes sense timing wise for Adesanya because. Let's say he goes up, he wins, he beats Blahovich. Then he's got the 205-pound belt. Then he's got two belts, right? So he can literally decide if he goes back. If there's anything interesting enough to go back to middleweight, he can go do that. Or he can keep doing huge fights at 205. He can fight Glover Teixeira, who's who's uh, in line for a title shot. Or John Jones comes back down, and he can fight John Jones. There's lots of like good fights for him if he gets, gets this done. So the timing makes sense because... If you agree with me, there's nothing left in the middleweight division for Adesanya to to prove. Yeah, and I think also on a broader scale, Adesanya winning this fight and getting that second belt, I think that catapults him to like potentially being the new face of the UFC. It's a legacy thing, yeah. I think personally, I mean, obviously, every like, I mean, McGregor is always going to be a factor, but he's he's sliding down. That that's that's for a whole different reasons. R.I.P. But I mean, eventually that torch is going to get passed and. You know, Khabib has stepped aside, and he's not really a spotlight guy, anyways. Whereas Adesanya is a guy who, like, he he's got the big personality. Yeah. So, and he's like you said, he's cleaned out one division. So if he goes up and starts taking on killers up there, I think that totally. That would be, I, I can't see another fighter that we would say is. I think he'd become the biggest fighter in the game totally. at that point. If he loses, the biggest loser is the UFC. Agree. Think about yeah, the money. Think about the money that they'll lose. If he loses his fight, he literally loses his perfect record and then loses a bunch of the of the big like pay-per-view numbers. His, his numbers will still be great, but he is that next star like you said. The next thing you can compare to McGregor, if he loses this fight, that'll that'll be shot down. Yeah, I guess it would be. And yeah, that would that would be kind of a momentum killer. Look, yeah. I have Adesanya to win the fight. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm not com- I'll say I'm not confident. I 100- I 100% agree with you. Um I have Adesanya to win this fight. Literally, I will give you the pretty much exact same breakdown that we gave when he fought Paulo Costa because Paulo Costa looks like the bigger guy, right? He comes in. I mean, obviously, they they weighed in the same, but Paulo Costa came in uh, looking like the bigger, scarier guy with the bigger punching power, and we said, oh, Adesanya's going to stay on the outside. He's going to use his length advantage, and he's going to pick him apart. This is the same thing that I think you'll agree with me we think is going to happen on Saturday night. Adesanya, we think is going to have the exact same strategy that he does to everyone. But the problem, the problem is this guy's just so huge, so huge. And yes, Adesanya put on the weight, but this guy's so big and hits so stupidly hard, like stupidly hard. I think maybe the only person that hits harder than him is Francis Ngannou yeah, in all I, of the UFC. Honestly, I agree. He, he His weapon, his left his left hand, and honestly, both hands. Both hands hit extremely hard. But his, The left in particular. But yes, but yeah. the left in particular... His left hand has got to be like, yeah, just like you said, the the second scariest thing in the UFC after a Francis Ngannou punch has to be a Jan Blachowicz punch. It's a kiss of punch. death. It's literally a kiss of death. He calls it he calls it legendary Polish power. It certainly is, man. I mean, it it obliterates people. And and but, Adesanya, man, it, if he gets hit by it, we don't we just don't know. That's the that's the thing, right? Is that 
I feel like Israel Adesanya is perfectly capable of handling this fight by his usual way of being strategic. Kind of like when he fought Yoel Romero and he was very calm. The fight went the distance. Yeah. People were pissed because it was so boring. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably something similar to what we're going to see. The problem is that he's got to have a perfect fight in order to allow that to happen. Because if Blakovich gets one shot off, yeah, that's an earthquake. Like that yeah. is that is that is a complete game changer. And at that point forward, it's like, you know, we don't, we don't know how much, how much Israel Adesanya can take that kind of power. Yeah. If you think, if you look at Blachowicz's last few fights, like even the last fight he had where he took the belt, he was taking a bit of a beating. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> he just rocked a left hook and, and won on the spot. And it, it, yeah. it's, that's happened multiple times for him. So it's like, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, you're betting on Adesanya being able to deal with that, which, I think he can, mm-hmm. but there's there's it's, there's a lot of unanswered questions. He's never truly fought someone that's this big with this much power. Right, and uh, I so, watched I watched interesting. definitely I watched a uh, an interview of Adesanya's coach uh, where he talked about Adesanya actually does have some some knockout losses on his record from the amateur scene. Right before he went pro, obviously now he's got the undefeated record. But before he went pro, he actually did have some knockout losses. And his coach was basically saying, yeah, it was always to guys that were actually traditionally up a weight class from Adesanya. And he'd be he'd challenge himself by wanting to fight bigger guys. Uh, and a couple times he got he got knocked out because of it. So this is a similar challenge for us. We want to prove to ourselves that he can go up in weight uh, and, and beat the best in the division above him. Um, so that was just an interesting note that I wanted to include. Um, but Blahovich, man, totally, totally agree with you. I am nervous for this pick. I am very nervous. Um, Blahovich. Look at his last few fights. He's been an underdog every single time. Dominic yep. Reyes. He was an underdog. Uh, the fight before that was uh, Corey Anderson. Also, he was an underdog. Corey Anderson was supposed to win that fight. It was in his hometown. Uh, it was in Albuquerque. And then the fight before that, he fought Luke Rockhold, where he was an underdog again. And what did he do? He literally, Mark, I'll say it again, starched. He starched all three of those guys and made them look terrible doing it. Um, and he's literally like. Yeah, he's just the guy that that gets the underdog win. So it's 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 scary. It's 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 what I'm nervous for. Um, definitely, I saw a video a of him. Uh, I saw a video of of Lohowicz training out in Poland. Uh huh. And it, it's negative eleven degrees out there right now. <laughs> and uh, he's like in his he's in his like Range Rover driving through through the snow. Yeah. And he's like exactly what you expect from like a pole like big polish dude he has the exact voice you think he's like okay so we are going <laughs> to drive out and uh we take ice bath so i'm thinking like oh he's going to like a training facility to go take an ice bath <laughs> no this guy drove out into like the middle of some industrial complex where there's like a frozen lake oh my god and he pulls out a pickaxe and he's like okay so for a warm-up we make ice bath <laughs> he, starts, he starts like pounding into the ice yeah until it cracks open, he's like, "Okay, now that we have blood flowing, we get in." And he like goes into the, into the frozen lake and he sits there and he's like practicing like his breathing and stuff. I oh was my like, God. "This guy is a savage." What a savage! Um, God, what a scary, what a scary dude! Um, and just the fact that he's like so quiet and uh, tough. Not t- I don't want to say tough for the UFC to market, but like we just talked about Israel's like star star power. Uh, Blahovich is just another one of those guys, kind of like Piotr Jan, who will just absolutely crush people uh, and do it do it quietly. You know what I mean? So, yeah. oh my god, he's gosh. literally not supposed to be there, like you said, three underdog wins in a row. Not it could easily be, be a fourth. Yep, he's not supposed to be there. 
Will he continue uh, proving everyone wrong? Will he continue proving the odds makers wrong? Will he continue proving uh, people like you and I wrong when we pick the fights? Man, can't wait to see it. Let's go ahead and do the uh, the good old lock dog parlay to close out the show. When we go to gamble, we go to lose subconsciously. I'm still alive. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Lock dog parlay. All right, Mark. It's been a fun, fun show. Always love talking fights with you. Go ahead and give us your lock for UFC 259. You know, obviously I want to pick Amanda Nunes as a lock, but I feel like that's doing a disservice to the listeners. Yeah, you can't such do that. Uneven against, line. Against the and rules. Then everything else is, is actually very close together. So I'm going to say that my lock is going to be Islam Makachev. Yeah. At minus 135 over Drew Dober. Yep. I think this is a good line for a guy uh, who's proven himself to be just an absolute savage. A good all-around. He's exactly what you expect from a Dagestani UFC fighter. Yep. Um, so I think a minus 135 line is, is pretty favorable to our advantage. I mean, I like Peter Jan, or Piotr Jan to defend his belt, but yeah, I'm not too. feeling confident about that. And then the Santos versus Rakic fight as well. I'm not feeling confident there too. Okay. Neither am I feeling in in the main event. Uh, <laughs> a lot of like the yeah, only one I truly feel ones. confident in to say is going to be a lock. I, I is going to be Islam. I agree. Um. Yeah, you said it perfectly. They're all like really tough fights to call and like kind of scary spots for some of the favorites. So it's it's tough. Um. Makachev was also going to be my my lock. So I'll, I'll say that now. Um. Makachev was also my lock, but I'll go ahead and give a second lock. I mean, Mark, you know one thing about me when we talk fights. I'm a big prelim undercard. guy. That's right, undercard. Um, so I'm my my lock. I'll go ahead and move down to the undercard. Uh, I'll take. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple I like here. I'll take Carlos Olberg, um, a guy I'm sure you're familiar with, Mark. Yeah, he's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, he's uh he's actually from the same fight camp as Adesanya, a New Zealand guy. Um, who made a great debut on Dana White's Contender Series, and he's supposed to be a big prospect that the UFC is putting some uh, some marketing money behind, and they think he's going to be a big deal. I think this is kind of one of those fights where it's his big uh, his big debut on a pay per view, and he wins in style. So Olberg, I think he's minus two twenty five. I expect that number to get even steeper, but he'll be my lock. What is your dog? Honestly, this is going to be shocking to you, but I straight up don't have a dog this week. Wow, no dog at all. I'll give like, you. I'll I'll give you a dog. Want me to I'd loan, love a want dog. Me to loan you. I mean, I didn't take any underdogs in in what we fought. I wouldn't. I mean, I can Piotr loan. Jan I can loan even, you. He's even money. I'll but, loan you or, a dog. I have two dogs, so I can actually I can actually loan you a dog. Two. Let me babysit dogs. your dog. Yeah. yeah, you can watch him for the weekend. Um, Lavinia Souza plus one seventy. That's your dog for the week. Okay. Who the fuck is that? That's a girl. That sounds like a girl's name. Yeah, it is. Um, she fights. She fights. Who does she fight? Um, she's a plus 170 against Amanda Lemos. Um, and she actually, Lavinia Souza, actually slightly younger. Uh, this is the straw, a straw weight fight, by the way. Um, Lavinia is a number 16 rank. Uh, Lemos, the 19th ranked. Uh, Lemos is 8-1-1. Uh, Souza is 14-2-0. Um, they're both from Brazil. Both great fighters. But uh, she's got she's a little bit younger. Um, she's got a higher ranking. Um and yeah, just 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 take just take Souza. You can thank me later. Souza's gonna win this fight. I think I think it, I think the odds should be flipped in the other direction. To be totally honest with you, I did some reading up on this one beforehand. So, um, all right, I'm gonna blindly Sousa. follow you into this. Uh, You're into welcome. This jungle. 
You're welcome, Mark. Uh, my dog, uh, I'll actually take, um, we've mentioned on the show already, Dominic Cruz. Uh, he actually fights on this card. He's the prelim headliner, former bantamweight champion. Uh, he lost his last fight to Henry Cejudo, like literally the best the best in that division ever. So I'm not going to fault him for that. And he, he basically bounces back, takes a big drop in class, in my opinion. Uh, still fights a decent a, a decent fighter, but a guy that I think Dominic Cruz is an absolute mastermind when it comes to like that's why he's a, a commentator and analyst. He he's so good at like figuring out people's weaknesses and, and fighting to his strengths. So I'm gonna take Dominic Cruz to get the upset win over Casey Kenny. You can get Cruz at plus one twenty five. Honestly, I think that's gonna get even closer to even money just because people are gonna back Dominic Cruz because he's got a bigger name than Casey Kenny. So get him now while you can. I think he gets the job done. Plus 125. That's my dog. I don't know that uh, I don't know that being a UFC commentator has more to do with your your smarts as a fighter or they're just like <laughs> a very limited amount of guys that can actually still speak. Oh my God. And I knew you were going to say that. After they take all these blows to the head, they're like, all right, who's it? <laughs> Who's a, who's a name who's left? that's good and uh, he doesn't have a debilitating speech impediment? <laughs> Your parlay. Uh, my parlay, I went small. I went small. That's I took unlike a page you. Out of, not quite a page out of your book. I was just feeling so unconfident. I'm feeling yeah. very insecure in myself this okay. week, Kyle. All right. I'm not feeling, not, not feeling confident at the all. Listeners think uh, you're great on, on, on Twitter. <laughs> 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 like, that last, like that guy last week. <laughs> Exactly. I think uh, so. No, so I, I went with a three, a three-person parlay. Okay. I've got uh, Makhachev. Nice. Obviously, I put Amanda Nunes in there just to boost it up a little bit, and Pyotr Jan. Uh, that cashes out at plus one sixty-five. Yeah. All, all the ones all. you, all the ones you feel. Yeah, the, those were the ones you felt the most strongly about, though. And and uh, that's so funny that it's a three-team parlay in there. It's only like, what would you say, plus one something? 165 yeah uh, that's that's all right that's a that's a good parlay i am um, don't beat me while i'm down right now yeah all right all right we'll move on uh my parlay is a four-teamer uh with one plus money in there mark the textbook way that a very uh, that a parlay you. that a parlay should be made yes i'm going for the textbook I was value you to do like amanda nunez parlayed with like someone else that's in the minus 500s <laughs> to get like a to get an even, minus 180 yeah, yeah right <laughs> um not this week, Mark. Uh, I got a four-teamer. Like I said, uh, Carlos Olberg, I think, is a lock. I think he gets a win. Kai Kara France, another uh, guy out of Auckland, New Zealand, that I, uh, I'm a big fan of, who is coming off of a loss. Um, he he would be in a, a title weight or a title picture for his weight class if he hadn't lost. So I think he bounces back here. Uh, he's a slight favorite as well. Um, Islam Makachev, like you said. I'm going to take, and then I'm going to take Dominic Cruz, the, the one plus money in there. Combine those four for a plus 592 for Team Parlay. I like that. I like that. I'm thinking you gave me your dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I threw that into my parlay? Yeah, I think you should Who's do a, that. That'll give that, you. That puts, it, that puts it all the way up to a plus 615. There, there you go. That's go what ahead you need and do that. that. All right. That's much better. Go ahead and do that. That's no much fun better. winning. Winning $165 is no fun. No fun at all. We uh, we got to go for the bigger payouts. Um, all right. Good show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You can follow me at BetOnKyle on Twitter. You can follow at the SGP Network on Twitter as well. You can talk some shit to us because that's what most people do. Um, you could also leave a review, say something nice about us. Wouldn't that be nice, Mark? Someone they can leave a bad review. <laughs> I don't know if that goes. Any press is good. Any press is good press. 
do this. Rip us a new one, but put it as five stars. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's I think that's the least we can ask for. Everyone wins. That's you get fair. a vent, you get a <laughs> vent your frustrations about your miserable life, and we get five stars. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, Mark. Any last words before we check out for the weekend and come back midweek for our EPL Quick Pick Show? Not a single word. We're coming back next week, six hundred and fifteen dollars richer. That's my prediction. I love it. See you then.